Go with me to the book of Galatians chapter 3. This is where we ended last week. Now, we've been talking a lot on Wednesday nights about the switch of faith. About all through the New Testament, the cry is faith. But many times in our lives, even think about it in this setting. In your job, do you believe and do you trust God? Or with your job, are you dependent upon your hourly wage? Are you dependent on a salary? Because if you are, I'm going to tell you right now, you have begun to limit God. And what I mean by that is many times our focus is on, well, this is going to supply my need and that. Well, even if you go to work every day, I encourage you, don't look at that check as your source. Begin to look at God as your source. Ask God to bless you and help you. Now, remember last week in Genesis 3, verse 17, it talked about the earth's curse system. And remember how that came to pass was when Adam sinned, the Lord himself said to Adam, you're going to toil all the days of your life because cursed is the ground. Now, what happens, guys, when we live underneath that earth's curse system? Two things. You're going to become a survivalist and you're going to become a professional worrier. Maybe that locates you tonight. Every one of us in that room have probably been in that category before. But remember there in Genesis 12, God raised up a man named Abraham who would believe him and trust him. And God said in Genesis 12 verses 1 and 2, he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. Now, this only happens, guys, when we're covenant with God. How do you become covenant with God? You get born again. But that isn't the end of it. Just because you're born again, you've got to start understanding and knowing how the kingdom of God functions. The kingdom of God does not function by a mailbox mentality. You know what that is? You just think everything's just going to show up. It's not. you got to be a doer of the word. you got to start finding out what it means to live by the kingdom of God. Now, we ended last week here in Galatians 3. I want to start here tonight. Galatians 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from what? The curse of the law, the earth's curse system. Having become a curse for who? Us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So Jesus purchased our freedom. Now, get this in verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles who are in Christ Jesus. Now, if you'll note in there, it said, the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles who are in Christ Jesus. You know why it doesn't say they will come upon you? Because me and you play a part. And I believe when we play the part, we begin to live by faith and we begin to trust God. But the first key he says there is that we are in Christ. you got to be born again. you got to have Christ Jesus in your life. And then look what he says. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit. How? Through faith. Through faith. And so these are some of the verses that we really, really need to get on the inside of us to understand I'm going to live one of two ways. I'm going to live by the earth's curse system or I'm going to live by faith in what Jesus did. Now, a good passage of Scripture for you on that is Romans 8, 2. For the law of the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law and sin and death. If you're born again, guys, you have a right to your inheritance. 
But you got to start living by the laws of the kingdom. What is that? Throughout the New Testament, you're going to have to understand how to live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Hebrews 11:6. Now, go with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Now, I, I want you to understand tonight that it's never too late to start trusting God, believing God, living by faith like he wants us to. But you got to start listening and learning the Bible and seeing this is how the kingdom of God operates. This is how the kingdom of God flows. And anytime you read about a kingdom law, you know what that means? It'll work for anybody. A law will work for anybody. I just got to understand. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me. That's interesting. He starts off right here. Come to me. In other words, I got to go to Jesus. All you who labor and are heavy laden. Many translations say you who are weary, burdened, tired, and worn out. Now you know what that sounds to me like right there? Genesis 3, the earth's curse system. Remember God said because of the curse of what mankind did, he said you're going to labor, you're going to toil all the days of your life. So this is what he's talking about. But look what Jesus says. But I will give you rest. How's that going to take place? Well... Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. You know what one translation says? The rhythms of grace. I like that. We got to learn the rhythms of grace. And look what he said. And learn from me. And learn from me. Now, once again, I get back to the mailbox mentality. If you think things are just going to show up at your doorstep, then why did Jesus tell us here, you got to learn from me? Because we play a huge part in it. Do you know people never get born again until they act upon the scriptures? You must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Well, that's a lot how the kingdom of God operates. So Jesus tells us right here, learn from me. Why? For I am gentle and I am lowly in heart and you will find rest for what? Your souls. That word rest there means pleasant. It means good. It means comfortable. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden or my load is light. So you know what Jesus is telling us there? There's a whole other way of living that you can be a, a part of if you'll begin to understand. Now, look back to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And I want to highlight as you're turning there, remember what Jesus said. Learn from me. I'm going to tell you guys, we got to start reading the Bible and getting in the Word, learning the parables that Jesus, learning what He says, what Jesus emphasizes in the Bible, and then guess what we got to start doing? We got to start emphasizing it in our lives. And so Jesus says, learn from me. What? The principles of the kingdom. Okay? Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other or be devoted to the other. Now, what I want you to see here is that, that Jesus teaches that there's two, two gods here. And he lists them in the last part of verse 24. He says, you cannot serve God and mammon. So the bottom line is this. 
Each one of us in here, we're either going to serve God or we're going to serve mammon. What is mammon? Mammon was an Arabic word that meant riches. That meant riches. Now, Jesus teaches here the problem with the mammon or these riches is when you become mastered by them. And when I become mastered by them, I become enslaved by this. Now, if you'll note here once again, Jesus himself said, you can't serve God and you can't serve mammon. I believe he's really referring to the two kingdoms. I'm going to come under the blessings of Abraham through Jesus Christ or I'm going to live by the earth's curse system. Now, look what he goes on to say, verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry. Do not worry. The word there, worry, suggests a distraction, a preoccupation with things that called anxiety or stress. Do not worry. About what? He goes on to say, about my life. Now look what your life's consumed with. What you're going to eat. What will you drink about your body. What you'll put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? And so when you begin to look at what Jesus is talking about here, every one of those things listed, you have to have provision. You begin to spend your life trying to figure out the provision for what? What we going to eat? What we going to drink? What we going to wear? Now, there's nothing wrong with those until those start dominating every one of us. And many times we have thought these were the answers. This is what we live for. Now, this isn't what we live for. These are there only to support your assignment and your purpose. Now, what each one of us in here need to understand, I'm not to live for food and I'm not to live for clothes and drinks. We have it backwards, I believe, as believers. We spend all our lives looking for provision, and yet we forget that there may be a calling. I don't have a clue what my purpose is. You're here for purpose. But many times, you know what happens? People even within the church say this. I love God. I just don't have time to serve Him. I just don't have time to seek Him. And you know why that is? We're burdened down with all these things. We're chasing after these things all the days of our life. Have you been there before, Pat? I have. Where I've spent my whole livelihood trying to provide. Working numerous jobs. Working late at night. Why? Just trying to make ends meet. Do you know what I found out? I'm going to work all my life that way. Unless I begin to tap into the kingdom of God. And unless I start learning what Jesus... Now, I'm not saying you don't work hard. But if you'll work hard and you'll learn to honor God. Now, look what he goes on to say. Verse 26. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into their barns. Yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Now think about that just for a little bit. The birds, they don't toil and they don't labor all day. How many of you have ever seen a pack of birds up on the high line 
And man, they're just, they're all feathers are all ruffled and they're just all freaked out. Just shivering and shaking, just freaked out because they don't know what they're going to do. I don't believe the birds are thinking, man, we got to plant more worm farms around here. No, the birds understand. God's going to take care of them. He goes on to say, verse 27, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Now, you know what worry is? It's a sign that you're following the earth's curse system. I'm not doing it God's way. How many of you got some worries? Now, some of you say, man, I worry, I worry, I worry, I worry, I worry. Well, every one of us as human beings have probably been there. Or we may be there right now. But you know what it always does in my life? When I get over and I start worrying about things, and he told us, it's not going to solve anything. But it does locate that, you know what? My trust isn't in God. Now, it's pretty easy in our lives to find out who you're going to serve, either God or mammon. And you know what the answer to that is? Who you believe is going to supply your needs, who's going to meet your provisions. Now, look what he goes on to say. Verse 28. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and if tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Now there's a promise here that he's going to provide. And when's he going to provide? When I learn to start trusting him. When I learn to start flowing by the kingdom of God. And this becomes a choice. Verse 31. Now listen to what he says here. Therefore, do not worry. How many times has Jesus said this just in this passage? Over and over and over and over. So I believe he's trying to tell us. Listen guys, you get over into worry. It's a sure sign you're not trusting me. And so what does worry ultimately lead to? He answers that. Therefore, do not worry, same, same. You know what ultimately happens? When worry starts dominating you, out of your mouth, you start speaking. And remember, your mouth will locate you. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so what do we start saying? Well, it's not working. How are we going to make it? What are we going to do? I'm going to tell you guys, for many, 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 many years of my life, I lived at, at 620 Worry Circle. We just kept coming around. And it kept coming around. And it kept coming around. And it kept. Was that God's will for me? No. But until I begin to see what God wants me to do, how to prioritize things in my life and understand God's got a plan. God's got a plan. What is that plan? Well, look what he says. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? How many of us been there? Every one of us, probably. What's the key? Well, keep reading. Verse 32. For after all these things, the Gentiles, they seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Father God knows we need all these. And so you know what that tells me right there? He's not against us having them. But here's the key right here. And I believe Jesus in verse number 33 is going to teach us how the kingdom of God functions. But seek first 
the kingdom of God. Instead of being preoccupied with the material things, he tells us, seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, you got to make that priority. And once you do that, look what starts happening. And seek his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And so what I got to start understanding, I got to put the kingdom first. In every aspect of my life, I got to start sowing seed into the kingdom. I got to start living by the laws that the kingdom are regulated on. And I'm going to tell you guys, when you begin to do this, what was the promise? And all these things will be added to you. See, once again, I see this more and more, guys. Jesus is not against things, you having things. He is against things having you. Where these things begin to dominate us. How many of you, man, you, you begin to save and save and save and save because you had to have that thing. And sometimes we work extra hours for that thing. But yet if I would just hold fast and begin to live by what he said, seek first the kingdom, I'm going to tell you it's going to change. It's going to change the way I live. It's going to change the way I do things. Now, while you're there, look over to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. See, God's not against us being blessed. He wants you to be blessed. He wants to be the provider in your life. But I got to do it his way. I got to do it his way all the time. There was, there was a, a husband and wife. Man, they lived on worry circle. They never had enough. They had more month than money. I mean, you've been there. Man, that's not a fun place to live. But they begin to realize, you know what? There's ways to do this. And so they begin to study the scriptures. And they got around a man who began to teach faith. And they said, you know what? What do we got to do? And he said, listen, to start flowing in the kingdom, you got to start sowing some seed. So they started out real, real small. And they began to sow some seeds, some seed. And, and so they got in agreement. You know what they needed? What would be a huge blessing in their life? They needed a vacuum. So they said, okay, Lord, we're going to put your kingdom first and we're going to sow into the kingdom of God and we're going to believe that there's going to be a vacuum. Now, where is that biblically you can do that? Well, Mark eleven twenty four says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them. That was their desire. A couple days later, this lady's mom calls and says, you know what, I just ordered a vacuum. And it came in and it's a brand new one. And she said, I really don't like it. I like my old one better than the new one. Would you like the new one? And they begin to see the hand of God work. And so they owned a business. And they said to this man, does this work in the business realm too? And he said, the switch of faith will work in any realm. Any realm. You just got to get seed in the ground. So they said, we need more customers in our business. They said, actually, it would be great to have five new customers this month. So this man looked at him and said, what do you got to sow? And the guy said, well, he said, I've saved $650 to pay our, our taxes with. And the guy said, you believe God will do what he said he does? And he said, yeah. So he sowed the whole 650 cleaned his account out. Within 30 days, they had five new customers. He said this, that in their business, they had never broke 5000 for one month. That month, they broke 10000 They sowed again the next month. 
They broke 10,000. Five straight months. And as I began to look at this, you know what I saw? Not only were they going to work daily, they were going to work on a daily basis and work hard, but they weren't toiling. They began to say, okay, Father God, we're going to honor you with what you've given us, and we're going to start planting seed, and watch what you do. And so as I begin to hear these different stories, and this was the same passage, guys, of the 13-year-old girl who her nephew drowned. The switch of faith, guys, it works in any arena. I've just got to come to understand how the kingdom works. Now, here in Luke 15, this is the story in verse 11 of the prodigal son. Now, I want you to listen to some of this in here. And this passage right here will teach us the flow of the kingdom of God. Now listen, if you've never flown in or, or, or flowed in the kingdom of God and sowed seed like that, I'm going to tell you guys, you got to step out of the boat sometime. You got to get out of your comfort zone. And I realize, guys, the things that, that, that God wants to bless me, I play a part in that. God will take care of me. You know, let me just say this. Years ago, the Lord had put on my heart to give this pickup away. And so through some things, they happened, and I end up blessing this guy with a pickup. Within a week, I had a person say to me, he said, you know, I got this pickup. And he said, I'm not using that anymore like I used to. He said, I just really sense that I needed to give it away. He said, do you need a pickup? And I looked, and I said, I sure do. And you know what pickup is? That's my little red pickup that I drive to this day. How'd that take place? I sowed that. I sowed that and God blessed it. God blessed it. God blessed it. Years ago, guys, I had a set of ping golf clubs. And the Lord said, I want you to sow those golf clubs. You know what I said to the Lord? I said, I don't want to do that. I like those. I don't want to do that. And what the Lord said, he said, do you not think I can't get you better stuff? He said, just honor me here. And so we had a college kid who was going to school that year. And he said to, I said to him one day, you'd like to play golf? He said, I'd love to play golf, but I can't. He said, I don't have no golf clubs. I said, yeah, you do. I said, here, take these. So I blessed him with it. And he looked and said, golly, those are ping. And I said, yeah. So a few, few days later, one of the men in the church said to me, hey, you want to play golf? And I said, I'd love to play golf, but I don't have no clubs anymore. And so I just sat there and looked. About a week later, a man who doesn't even come to the church, he called and said, I don't know you and you don't know me, but he said, I'm supposed to take you over here to Golf USA and buy you a set of clubs. And I said, you're supposed to buy me a set of clubs? And he said, yeah. So I stroll over there, and the clubs I'm playing with today, they were given to me by that man. And so listen, guys, I'm telling you things that how God will begin to work, but I can't hold on to things so tight. Ugh. How many of you have ever bought a cologne? And man, you wanted that thing to last forever, so you just barely put a little shot on you. Just a little shot. You know what the Lord said to me one day? He said, do you not think there can be any more cologne in the world? Do you not think I can't supply? So you know what I did? I just started spraying it. I sprayed it on my grandson. I said, here. And so the thing is, so many times in our life, we've put God in a box. We've, we've held him back. Because why? We've become so dependent on the things of this earth. Now here we are. Ooh, I better get going. Luke 15, verse 11. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So you know what he just did? He just asked the father. So the father, he divided to them his livelihood. He gave them to him. 
Verse 13, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal or wasteful living. Now, right there, you know what happened? This, this one son got blessed, but he quit living for God. He started living back for the things of the world. Now, once again, guys, you're going to live for wasteful living things, or you know what? you got to look at the things you have. Are they seed? Are they an opportunity for me to sow? And so right here, this young son, he gets off. He no longer seeks the kingdom first. What was he seeking first? The things of the world. Verse 14. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. He began to be in need. You know what he's done here, guys? He started serving mammon instead of God. Verse 15. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, a different kingdom. And he sent him into the fields to feed swine, to feed pigs. And so you know what he's now doing? He's doing whatever he can to make ends meet. Whatever he can do. He's at the bottom of the barrel because now he quit trusting and living for God and seeking the kingdom first. This is the same thing. And when that happens, you know what? We become a survivalist. We become a worrier. And you know what our motto is? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? How many of you have ever stayed up at night thinking, what am I going to do? I'm going to go in the furniture business. You know what that means? You're going to the, the pawn shop and sell some furniture. We start thinking everything we can. I got, I got to go see Uncle Buck. I got, we, and you know what? We try to do all that. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? That becomes the theme. And what did Jesus say? When I start worrying, guys, it's not going to do me a bit of good. And so this is where this young man's at. Verse 16. And he would have gladly have filled his stomach with the pods... That the pigs ate. Man, I'm telling you, he's, he's in a bad place. And when I look at this, he's lost his purpose. He's lost his identity. And what did he lose it over? The things of this world. And so now, you know what's happened? He's dominated in life by, what am I going to eat? Keep reading. Verse 17, or verse 16, and it goes on to say, and no one gave him anything. And no one gave him anything. You know why? They're just trying to survive too. They're just trying to make it too. Verse 17. But when he came to himself, and I believe when he came to himself, he began to think in his mind. He began to get a picture in his mind of what he could have. And so it said, and when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? So you know what he begins to see? There's provision in the father's house. And he said this, that my father's servants not only have enough for them, but they have enough to spare. You know what that is? That's more than enough. And so he begins to realize, this is where I want to be. This is what I got to do. Verse 18. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Now when I read that right there, you know what I believe he's saying? 
Father God, I repent for the things I've done, but I want to start doing it your way. I want to do, I want to come back to you. Now, you know what a servant of God is? A servant of God is a son of God. And if you're a son of God, then you got some inheritance. You got some inheritance, guys. God's got some things for us. How do I become a son of God? Well, once again, guys, I give my heart to Jesus. I live under the covenant and I live for him. I put the kingdom first. Keep reading. Verse 20. And he arose and he came to his father, but when he's still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and he kissed him. You know what that tells you? Never too late to serve God. Father God will not reject you, God. Ain't not going to happen. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven in your sight and am no longer worthy because your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and even bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Now, every time that I read this passage, from the start to the middle to the end, the heart of Father God was to what? Give. Give, 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 give. And if you'll note in there, when the son came back, what did the father give him? Food, the fatted calf, and he supplied him with clothing. Once again, God, God's going to take care of us. He's going to watch over us. He's going to help us when we hook up to him. But I got to put God first. I got to live for God. Keep reading. Oh, I better hurry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they begin to be married. You know what they should? God likes to party, man. God throws down. He likes to party. He likes to celebrate with his kids. Verse 25. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called out of the servants and asked, what were these things meant? And he said to him, your brother is coming because he has received him safe and sound. Your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you. Now if you'll note in this passage, this older son starts talking about all his credentials. All the things I've done. I, 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 I. And when I read this, you know what I believe with the older son? He still didn't get it. He still didn't get it. He thought it was all about what he did. I'm so important. So he said, Lo, all these many years I've been serving you, I never transgress your commandment at any time. And you know what I think about that? Liar, liar, pants on fire. I'm going to tell you right now. There's not one person on this earth who hadn't vo- uh, uh, broken God's commandments. So this is what he comes out with, I believe, a religious spirit now. Not only am I better than this younger brother, but man, I've never been wrong. And I'm telling you guys, that's a scary place to be when you think you've never been wrong. How many of you have ever been around people that, you, that, that they act like they're perfect? Quit elbowing your spouse. Quit doing that. Don't do that. Look what he goes on to say. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. Now, you know what he's doing here? He's accusing the father of being unfair. 
And he says right here, you never gave me nothing. Now, if you'll think back or even look back at verse number 12 where we started, it said, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fails me. So he divided to them, he divided to them, and who were they talking about? It started with he had two sons. So yes, the father had blessed him over and over and over again, but this son has the mentality of entitlement, and I believe he has a religious spirit on him, that he thinks, you owe it to me. Guys, God doesn't owe us nothing. He wants to bless us. He wants to take care of us. But I can't have this attitude. And once again, you know what? He's mad because his brother gets blessed. You know, the, the greatest thing we can do when other people, other believers get blessed, and we high-five them. Man, I get excited when you guys come in here and start telling me how God's blessed you. I don't kick the box of Kleenex around and throw a fit and say, why would you bless Ken and Marie and not me? What type of God? I realize, man, God wants to take care of every one of us. He's the more than enough God. He's got enough. And so we ought to be excited. And so you see what happens here. And he goes on to say, But as soon as this son of yours came who had devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son... You were always with me, and all that I have is yours. Once again, you see the heart of the Father? He said, I want to give. I want to take care of you. And I tell you, when I read that, I look and I think, all that you have, Father God, is mine. I just got to start learning how to tap into it. How do I tap into it? Seek first the kingdom. And once you start seeking the first the kingdom, guys, you start living your purpose. You start living your reason for being here. You're not just here to go to work and to have food and provision on your t- You're here for kingdom business, kingdom purpose. But if I spend all my life laboring and toiling, working and working and working and working, guys, I miss my purpose. I mean, yes, Ken owns a, he's a horticulturist. What is that in common man terms? He sprays trees. He takes care of your lawn. That's just what he does, but that's not who he is. His job is to speak the kingdom of God to people every day. We're to shine on him. Matt Robinson, he's going to be a teacher next year. That's what he does, but that's not who he is. Who he is is to impact children in his classroom. But when I get so consumed of, what are we going to eat? And I've been there, guys. I've been there. But you know what? I thought, I don't have to live that way. You better stand up for the nursery workers fire me. Hallelujah. 